0: Welcome to your catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired
1: we love god we ought to be able to talk about him getting you started on
0: your day with the latest in breaking news and information from the vatican to the white house and everything in between it's
2: serious it's fun it's your catholic drive time and
3: welcome to catholic drive time this is your host adrian fonseca it's so good to be on with you today praise be to god Today is Friday, August twenty fifth, twenty twenty three. The Feast of Saint Louis the Ninth, King of France. He is born in, obviously, he was born in France on April twenty fifth, twelve fourteen, to Prince Louis the Lion and Princess Blanche. He was baptized in La Collegée in Notre Dame Church. His his maternal grandfather was Alfonso the Eighth, King of Castile, which makes him the cousin of King St. Ferdinand. Yeah, very few people realize two king saints living simultaneously with each other. That's pretty awesome. Under Blanche's rule, he was received an education in Latin, public speaking, writing, military arts, and government. After his father died in 1226, he ascended the throne at the age of 12. He was then married at the age of 19. Now, he was a amazing, amazing king. In fact, he was inspired after he was healed miraculously of a serious illness to take part in the seventh and eighth crusade. He was, during his reign, he promoted Christian values and Catholic devotion throughout his country. He set up laws that punished blasphemy, gambling, um, the usury, interest-bearing loans, prostitution, and he bought presumed relics of Christ for which he built the Saint-Chapelle. If you've never seen the Saint-Chapelle, You have to look it up or have to go visit it in France, but you have to look it up because it is one of the most stunning churches ever. And architects to this day say that they have no idea how to build a church like that. He also expanded the scope of the inquisition and he ordered the burning of the Talmud. He is also the only canonized King of France. So praise be to God for that. St. King St. Ferdinand. There's so much more that could be said. And last thing that I'll say about this great and noble King is that he was a man of humility and of wisdom. It is said that King Saint Louis the ninth is the model of a suffering king, while his cousin, King Saint Ferdinand, is the model of a successful king. Cause in King Saint Ferdinand, he had victory after victory after victory, and yet he remained humble. Whereas King Louis the ninth experienced suffering after suffering after suffering, and yet remained faithful to Almighty God. So we pray that we have the endurance of Louis the ninth. That we have the faithfulness of Louis the Ninth and the hatred of blasphemy of Louis the Ninth on his feast day. King Saint Louis the Ninth. Pray for us. Happy Friday to you. Congratulations, you made it to the weekend. I can't. Can you believe it? I. I know I can't. I'm just like surprised. My mind is blown that I made it all week. Now today is a little bit of a strange show. I'm actually going to be. I'm behind the board this morning. I am um, doing running the board with uh, where Sissel was this week. I'm very grateful for Sissel all week, but she is out on retreat this week. But joining us right now is Dave Palmer. Good morning to you,
4: Dave. Good morning. Is Friday morning officially the weekend yet? It uh, feels like it to me. I mean, okay, it's, like, right. it's
3: like it's uh, like almost almost Friday afternoon for us. <laughs> I mean, it's almost yeah, there. We're
4: halfway through our day, right?
3: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I, I thought, you know, I came in this morning and I was like, "Oh man, Sissel's going to have everything ready." Oh no, wait, that's no. my job now. <laughs> 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 but praise be to God. So let's pray for uh, Sissel this morning. I think um, she's on her day two of axe retreat. I think she left yesterday after, uh, afternoon to go on her axe retreat. Uh, so if you would be uh, very kind, say a prayer for Sissel. She's she was a champion this week uh working double duty so we're very grateful for that but uh this morning you're gonna have to give me a break because i'm uh i'm playing double duty here so if anything breaks well my bad
4: (laughs) it's your fault if anything breaks adrian okay there you go
3: there you go praise be to god um the situation today there are a lot of things that we're going to cover i think it's going to be very interesting at 15 past the hour did you Do you know that there was a guy, he got arrested yesterday. It's kind of a big deal. Um, His name starts with a D, ends with a ump. Um, Donald Trump was arrested yesterday. That was very interesting. We'll talk about that at 15 past hour. Plus, a Memphis Walgreens figured out how to keep vagrants off their lot We'll talk about that at 15 past the hour. In 30 past the hour, Catholics and the Culture War. What you need to know, we're going to be talking about that at 30 past the hour. In the next hour, um, we have a really intelligent guest going to be on with us to refute <laughs> Richard Dawkins. Um, we're going to be talking about that. Back to the father, Dave Palmer. Um, I don't know if you know who Dave Palmer is, but he's going to be on with us in the next hour to talk about the... Uh, Richard Dawkins making a very simple mistake about divine simplicity. Very, It's kind of very amateur. Um, so that's going to come up in the next hour. Plus, our Fear and Trembling Game Show, as always. You're going to want to be calling in for that because we have an awesome prize. So make sure that you're ready to call in for that. And I'm going to be heading home to Houston later today. So say a prayer, if you would, for uh, my safe travels back into the greater Houston area. I'd be very grateful for those prayers it's been a good time in dallas i gotta say
4: um we've enjoyed having you here
3: and dallas office is so nice too Uh, been good and the the weather is not as bad as everybody says it is i guess houston is just the worst um (laughs) and so i don't know It's, it's it's been good it's been good and the people in dallas have been very kind to me so i've been very grateful for everybody so praise be to god thank you very much to everyone in the dallas area All right, let's begin with prayer, as is our custom. We're going to be praying for your intentions, whatever it is that you have going on in your life, whatever you have going on this weekend, we're praying for that intention. We pray for our friends, our family, our benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for. We pray for the salvation of souls and liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. O Immaculata, Queen of Heaven and Earth. Refuge of sinners and our most loving mother, God has will to entrust the entire order of mercy to you. I, a repentant sinner, cast myself at your feet, humbly imploring you to take me with all that I am and have, holy to yourself as your possession and property. Please make of me of all my powers of soul and body, of all my whole life, death and eternity, whatever most pleases you. If it pleases you, use all that I am and have without reserve wholly to accomplish what was said of you. She will crush your head and you alone have destroyed all heresies in the world. Let me be a fit instrument in your immaculate and merciful hands for introducing and increasing your glory to the maximum in all the many strayed and indifferent souls and thus help extend as far as possible the blessed kingdom of the most sacred heart of Jesus. For wherever you enter, you obtain the grace of conversion and growth and holiness since it is through your hands that all graces come to us from the most sacred heart of Jesus. Allow me to praise you, O sacred virgin. Give me strength against your enemies. O Mary, conceited without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee, and all those who do not have recourse to thee, especially for the Freemasons and those committed to thy care. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, your Headline News with Dave Palmer.
4: All right. Thank you very much, Adrian, and good morning, everybody. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. These are your headline news stories on this beautiful Friday morning, August 25th. LifeSite News reports that former U.S. President Donald Trump was officially booked into the Fulton County, Georgia, jail last night after voluntarily surrendering in response to various felony charges connected to his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election in Georgia shortly after being booked. Trump posted on social media for the first time since 2021 to share an image of his mugshot along with a defiant message. Trump vowed to never surrender, calling his indictment and arrest a form of, quote, election interference, end quote. Trump was formally charged with 13 felonies for his actions with regard to Georgia in the immediate aftermath of the 2020 election. Those alleged crimes include counts of solicitation, a violation of oath. By a public officer conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree conspiracy to commit false statements and writings among other charges trump 's mugshot was taken during the booking process. it spurred trump 's return to Twitter or X for the first time since he was banned following the disturbance at the u s capitol back in january 6 twenty one And a federal judge has put a 30-day pause on his order that Dallas-based Southwest Airlines lawyers receive religious freedom training from the Christian advocacy group Alliance Defending Freedom. U.S. District Judge Brantley Starr delayed the enforcement of his order last Thursday, which would have required three Southwest Airlines lawyers to take an eight-hour training course from ADF within the month. Judge Starr issued the order after a jury found the company violated the religious liberty of one of its employees, a flight attendant named Charlene Carter. She was fired from Southwest Airlines after criticizing the union's support for a Planned Parenthood event based on her religious objections to abortion. A jury awarded Carter $5.1 million for the discrimination, but Judge Starr cut that sum down to $800,000. Southwest was also ordered to rehire Carter. Additionally, the judge ordered the Southwest to notify its workers that the company may not discriminate against Southwest flight attendants for their religious practices and beliefs jim campbell who serves as chief legal counsel for adf told catholic news agency that the organization is happy to help the airline with a training course And finally, moving eastward, the Florida Board of Education this week unanimously approved new rules making it a fireable offense for public college employees to defy state law that requires restrooms and changing facilities to be reserved to actual members of their designated sex. Fox News reports that under the new rules, employees will face termination upon their second violation of HB 1521, which was signed into law in May by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. The the law applies not just to public universities but to student housing as well. Dr. Gracie Christie, a popular voice in Catholic Radio, is one of the Board of Education members. She said, quote... Bathroom spaces are very intimate and private. There is historically and cross-culturally accurate reasons why males and females use different spaces in those intimate moments, not just for girls and women, but also for boys and men. This is not something that as a culture we should ditch because of very new ideologies that are challenging the science of male and female, which doesn't change because biology doesn't change. End quote. The problem was highlighted in the state of Virginia back in 2021 when a grand jury returned charges against fired ex Loudoun County Public Schools Superintendent Scott Ziegler for allegedly covering up the assault of a female student by a transgender classmate in a girl's bathroom. And guess which country's space program this week put a lunar lander on the moon's south pole for the first time ever? Well, you're going to have to wait until the next newscast to find out, and I am taking a page from the Sissel Anderson playbook of newscasting and teasing you so that you'll continue listening to the next newscast, okay? I learned that from Sissel this week, so back to you, Adrian. Matt, thank you very much, Dave Palmer,
3: for keeping us up to date. The Gospel of the Day is one of my favorite Gospels. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. The Pharisees had come with the Sadducees, and you know it's, it's not good when the Pharisees and Sadducees team up (laughs) and then tag-teaming against Jesus. And they think, okay, we are we are the doctors of the law. We're going to get them. We're going to corner them. And he says, Master, uh, which is the uh, great commandment in the law? And this was very debated amongst the Jews at the time. And so they were expecting to catch him in a contradiction or in something that sounded foolish. But our Lord, being wisdom itself, being divine wisdom itself, being truth itself, responds wisely. He says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart and with thy whole soul and with thy whole mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments dependeth the whole law and the prophets. Now, there are two ways that we could address this passage. Uh, One way, which is would definitely be fruitful, is to talk about how these um, two laws do dependent the whole law on the prophets that's a worthwhile endeavor, but instead, I want to focus on this: What does it mean to love God? Well, St Thomas would say that to love is to will the good of the other, but can we will the good of God? is God a God is already all good, so what does it mean to love God? Well, this might be confusing to someone, and this is exactly why our Lord tells us because later on in, this, in scripture, our Lord says, If you love God. You will keep his commandments. And so therefore it means if you do not keep his commandments, therefore you do not love God. And so many people, it's very common for people to come out publicly and say things like, Oh, well, you know, uh, we just, have, we just have to love God. That's all. I love God and we all love God. And I ask, what do you follow the commandments? Do you, are you faithful to the church, the church that Christ founded? Are you a member of the church that Christ founded? If not, then you don't love God. You may claim to love God, but there will be many who go to our Lord on judgment Day and say, Lord, Lord, and he will respond, I never knew you. And so what must we do? We must love God. And here is the great conundrum. We must love God first. People like to invert these two and say, I need to love our neighbor. Let me do social justice. Let me go help the poor. But do we love God first? It's love God and out of love of God that overflows into the love of neighbor. So let's keep first things first, second things second. And where do we stand? Well, let's think of ourselves less. Don't think less of yourself, but think of yourself less. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time. Did you hear Donald Trump got arrested? We'll talk about that coming up in just one moment.
2: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, Thanks are the highest form of thought. At the sacrifice of the Mass, we hear the priest say, We do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Always and everywhere. Have we ever really thought about that? If we were always thankful to God, always and everywhere, what would our lives be like? Chesterton says, We should always endeavor to wonder at the permanent thing." not at the mere exception. We should be startled by the sun, not by the eclipse. We should wonder less at the earthquake and wonder more at the earth. Thanks are the highest form of thought. Maybe that's why the word Eucharist means Thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org
5: Hey Donnie, who were the first two people God created?
3: Drive Time Show. This is your host Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Happy Friday to you. Congratulations, you made it. <laughs> it's the weekend. <laughs> hey, it's the weekend. Praise be to God. Uh, now, obviously, you got about eh, eight hours more before you can, I guess, officially call it the weekend. But uh, nonetheless, it is Friday. And some may say it's Friday. So there you go. Praise be to God.
4: Friday, oh,
3: yeah, that's I've never it. heard that. Really, really. No, so you get, no. you know,
4: yay, we doing oh. Friday. <laughs> First time I've ever heard. That. And, and
3: right, and today I'm dressed in a Friday casual. You know, I'm dressed down. There you go. So praise be to God. Um, the, you know, there was a story that I just saw from reported by every single outlet in the world. Um, there was a little known celebrity who got arrested yesterday. I don't know if you heard about that, Dave. Yeah, I heard it in the news this morning on Catholic Drive Time. I did. You know, <laughs> there, there was someone reported on that. Um, this man, his name rhymes with, um, with, uh, well, I guess I was going to just, I was going to make a Donald Duck joke, but, um, I'm not going to. You're not gonna do I'm that. just going to reference the fact that I was going to do it. <laughs> now, Donald Trump was, uh, arrested yesterday, and it doesn't really matter what you think about Donald Trump. I think this is a incredibly, incredibly concerning story, um, no matter what you think of Donald Trump. Because this is the first time in U.S. history that we've arrested a former president. This is a major, major story. And the fact that this is happening, I was talking to somebody yesterday. And they were telling me that their their friend was telling me, like, I'm so happy Donald Trump has been arrested. He's uh, such a horrible person. He deserves this. I hope he gets locked away for life. And I'm thinking, well... Did you hold that position for Barack Obama? Remember whenever he drone-striked a U.S. citizen? Do you hold that for Barack Obama? Or what, about, what about Hillary Clinton when she had a, a ton of secret files on her servers, her personal servers, and she bleached them? She used a software to wipe out her hard drive, and did you for arresting her? And she was not even the president. She was even she was had not even the vice president for crying out loud. Or what about Joe Biden, who they found out they had stacks and stacks of boxes of papers, uh, not from when he was president, but from when he was vice president. And where was it sitting next to his Corvette? Hmm. Or what about the fact that Joe Biden has been caught influence peddling with his son Hunter Biden across the globe? Are we arresting all of them for that? Now, if we were, if we lived in a country where we said, you know what, we're going to hold our politicians to the highest standard, and if you step out of line even a little bit, we're going to throw you into prison, I would be like, all right. Well, you know what, Donald Trump has done some things that is not appropriate as to be done as president, so let's throw him in jail. But if we're only going to be imprisoning some people because they hold ideological opinions that differ from yours, and that's the only crime. That makes him different? Because what's the category difference between Donald Trump and all of these other presidents? What's the category difference? There is none. The only difference is he goes against leftist ideology. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing. And so if we're going to start imprisoning people because they hold to positions that disagree with the scientific consensus, with the elite class, well, that's a very big concern. This leads us to situations that we do not want to go to. And we people have talked about, and, you know, it's almost, almost hesitant to say it's people are talking about civil war. And it's hard to see that they're wrong. It's hard to say that they're wrong whenever you see these kind of situations happen. And for people who think I'm crazy when I mention civil war, my question is, what would it take? What, what action would tell you, oh, yeah, we, it looks like we might be headed. Toward a civil war. The leader of the opposition party being arrested—that seems to be because Donald Trump is leading the GOP polls by. I think he last thing I checked was that like he had forty-six percent, mm-hmm. and then everyone else is split. Like I think that the Grande Santés and Vivek Ramaswamy are tied for like twelve percent. Like that's the next highest, and you're going to arrest the leading opposition. That is very, very concerning. This is something that we would be speaking out against if it was another country. America would get involved in foreign affairs if this was happening in another country. And yet it's happening here. Now, of course, at a civil war is, I mean, how does it how would that work in the 21st century? And we're not split up in geographical lines the way we were in the first civil war. And so it would be much more complicated. But what what have we seen in the last few years? We've seen Autonomous zones set up throughout the country. We've seen riots that were held, and the police not stepping in. We've seen people taking the law into their own hands. Um, there was the group—I forget what they called them—the the North Korean, uh, South Koreans who were standing on the rooftops defending their their block because the police weren't doing it. Uh, we're seeing more and more of these things over and over again. It's hard to see that this is not raising the temperature. And at what point does it spill over to? A cold civil war to a hot civil war? I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it's something that we should definitely be concerned about, something we should be praying about. and something that we need to speak out against, even if you think Donald Trump is not a good guy. Obviously, Donald Trump supports gay marriage. I don't support gay marriage. I'm very much against it he's very friendly to drag queens i am very anti-drag queens i don't think it's i don't think it's a, oh just keep it away from the kids i'd say no drag queens is a degradation of our culture we should be uh, not allowing it at all and Donald trump supports those things so obviously he's not a perfect candidate he's not someone that i'm like oh yeah this man i want him to be my king um no um that would be me actually i'll be the king
4: <laughs> well, once you can, you can support yourself, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay. I like that.
3: I'll be uh, in in the mold of, uh,
4: of Louis the Ninth and, and King Saint Ferdinand. You know, when you're talking about Louis the Ninth, it was just like one more. As if I needed one more reason to love the 13th century, right?
3: I mean, right. wow. wow. Have you seen century. the Saint
4: Chapelle? No.
3: Oh my goodness, you should look it up. It's the side tangent. It's it's this most beautiful church ever, ever, and it's they have these ginormous stained glass windows that rise up like several stories tall and there's no supports within them. It's only held together by the arches and modern architects say they have no idea how they built that. Mm -hmm. And if there was damage to it, they wouldn't, they wouldn't know how to fix it.
4: Yeah.
3: It's amazing. And we think we're so sophisticated today and so intelligent today. And look at these things. It's stunning. Mm -hmm. Stunning. Yeah. And I think it would be good for our leaders, GOP, the Democrat Party, et cetera, et cetera, to look to these great king saints and to model their lives after these saints to see we have to have wisdom. And right now we have a lot of people who are not wise, they're not virtuous. And because of that, they're leading us to a path that's going to cause misery uh, for the people of God. And this is something we do not want. We, We don't want the world to go to this to a handbasket where there's going to be civil war because who's going to fight in that our sons our daughters our daughters even because now people are pushing to say yeah women should be drafted Mm -hmm. and is that the world we want to live in do we want to have do we want to kill our brothers and sisters do we want to live in a world and you know we were talking about this over lunch yesterday dave um the situation with comfort it becomes so hard to stand up for what's right whenever we have a soft pillow got mm-hmm. silk sheets you got netflix going on, on the tv all these things it makes it very hard to want to stand up for what's right
4: yeah well they say there's nothing worse for the for the spiritual life than a prolonged period of comfort mm. you know it's, it's hard to break away from that and, and sacrifice when everything is so good i was going to mention also saint louis missouri is named after uh king louis the ninth right yes yes. and i wonder if there's any other city in america named after a foreign king that's uh, a good question you know that's interesting i remember back when the, all the the riots were going on in 2020 and they were tearing down statues and all that and i was thinking oh boy the st louis they tried yeah they're going to try to change the name of that city tear down because here's a great catholic king from another country uh, who uh, one of our pro- big cities is named after praise god for that
3: you know um I love I love the TFP, dear friends of mine. There's actually a TFP member who is actually the um, the rightful king of Brazil. Oh, is that right? And uh, Brazil has gotten rid of their king and his. Uh, it's um, his his. I forget his official title, but his name is. Um, oh, I'm forgetting his name all of a sudden. But he, I got to I had an opportunity to meet him. Uh, he came to America to speak with the TFP in Pennsylvania, and I had the pr- pr- privilege of meeting him and. He was telling me, uh, yeah, he's a descendant of Louis the IX, mm. and he actually put out a video whenever they were trying to tear down a statue saying, uh, Americans, stop trying to tear down a statue. This man is a great saint. He went to Africa to free the slaves yeah. in Africa who were enslaved by the, by the uh, Muslims, and you want to destroy him in the name of anti-slavery? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. And he did a really excellent job of articulating why Louis the Ninth is this model of a man. Um, so it's very interesting. Now, I want to switch over to this story here. Walgreens. In Memphis, Walgreens started playing classical music on their speakers, and it drove the vagrants away. And this story caught my attention because this is not the first time it's happened. They did it in Chicago. They did it in L.A. There was a a, a gas station who did something similar who started playing opera music, and... All of the vagrants left. They fled. And they didn't have to, like, spray them with water. They didn't have to do anything like that. They just played beautiful music. Why do you think that is, Dave?
4: Well, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show started, and maybe the the vagrants' lives are disordered, and uh, this kind of classical music tends to be very ordered, and maybe that just creates a a negative response in them. I, I wonder if it's subconscious. And, or if it is conscious and they're like, man, I hate this music. I'm out of here. Or if it's just something I, I was telling you before the show started that I'm always very aware of music. If I go into a restaurant or Kroger or Walmart, and there's music playing. Sometimes I, I just I, li- I actually pay attention to it. I think they they play it as background music. But there have been times that I've heard songs that kind of offended my sensibilities because of the lyrics and what the song is. But uh, I don't know. But it's interesting that uh, that would have because music's very powerful. It, it very has a powerful. very powerful impact on us.
3: And I think it's important for us to keep in mind because uh, this hip hop music, the pop music, the rock music, all this, even even jazz. It has this sense of creating a frenetic intemperance within the soul. And whenever we have this buildup of this frenetic intemperance, it, it kind of jerks us around. We're not able to have a calmness of soul. And for people who have disordered lives... Whenever they attempt to try to live out that disorder in the public sphere, but there's things around them that are causing order, they have only two options. They can either order themselves, or I guess three options, order themselves, destroy the order around them, or flee. Mm -hmm. And I think the easiest option for most people is you go to the next door over and lay down over there because they're going to be playing music that is more akin to your spiritual life. Now, I wonder what would happen if they started playing Gregorian chant. Mm. <laughs> and instead of playing this classical music or opera, they started playing faster. Gregorian chant, right? Fast right. away, <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps. And these are the kind of things that we have to keep in mind because music is incredibly pernicious. Yeah. And it pierces the soul in a way that other mediums don't. If someone has a bad movie, I could just choose not to watch it. No one's going to force me to watch it if there's ugly art I can just look away if someone's dressed immodestly, I look on the ground I keep custody of the eyes but music you walk into a building it's plain mm-hmm. what are you gonna do the only thing you can do is leave yeah you gotta you can't just plug your ears and walk around the, the store and so it's very very pernicious and whatever is not explicitly rejected is implicitly accepted We'll be right back talking about the culture war coming up on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive Time right after this.
0: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. you know what are the two most common questions after attending a non-Catholic church service? Answer, how is the preaching and how is the worship? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, evaluation of worship? That's odd. Who's evaluating worship? Well, here's what really is meant by that. How is the music, the singing, and the audible response of the people? And if that were important, wouldn't that be our Lord's decision anyway? Secondly, Catholic teaching. Worship is fundamentally not tied to music and song, though it can be so supported by music and song. The 2000-year history of Catholic worship is primarily about the representing of Jesus' unbloody, timeless sacrifice on every Catholic altar. It is that moment when the bread and wine are changed into Jesus' own body and blood. We then participate in that worship by bringing our own sacrifice of self, whether sorrow or praise. And thirdly, my take. The only evaluation that should be considered after a church or a mass is the evaluation of heart and actions. That is, did we grow in obedience to the royal law of love? Help us, Father.
5: Hi, I'm Adam Bly.
6: And I'm Debbie Giorgiani from The Spirit World.
5: Please join us this Saturday as we discuss the powerful Sacrament of Reconciliation and its role in spiritual warfare.
6: That's this Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
7: Listen to The Spirit World with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly.
5: Visit grnonline.com slash World.
4: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Dave Palmer with your news headlines for this Friday morning, August 25th. Catholic News Agency reports that the United States Catholic uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops is urging the U.S. Supreme Court to uphold a federal law that would ban people under domestic restraining order from carrying firearms. The U.S. bishops filed an amicus brief earlier this week with a the request. They stated in their brief, quote, as the church teaches and this nation historical traditions demonstrate, the right to bear arms is not an unqualified license that must leave vulnerable family members to live in fear. Abused victims are precisely the people whom a just government is tasked with prot- Protecting. The Second Amendment does not stand as a barrier to their e- safety, end quote. The Supreme Court will hear the case U.S. versus Rahimi in its upcoming session in response to a lower court decision. Back in May, a three-judge panel of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals sided with Zaki Rahimi, a Texas drug dealer with a violent history. The lower court vacated his conviction for illegal gun possession while under a domestic violence restraining order. The court said that the 1994 federal law Law, uh, Rohini violated was not consistent with the Second Amendment and American traditions of law. People who are under domestic violence restraining orders do not lose their constitutional right to own firearms, according to that ruling. And the Mississippi State Department of Health is offering businesses and churches money in exchange for promoting COVID 19 vaccinations. This, despite persistent doubts by many about the need and safety of the shots. Earlier this week, Mississippi Department of Health announced via social media that businesses and faith organizations can receive $1,000 for participating in the state's "Communities Conquering COVID Vaccination Education Program. The program will train representatives from businesses and churches to become what they call community health advocates who will provide vaccination education and materials to their members and clients. In addition to training, the post says participants will distribute COVID test kits and vaccination materials and help with local vaccination events. Mississippi has a Republican governor and legislature, but before July, when a federal judge intervened, it was one of just two GOP led states that did not offer religious exemptions to vaccine mandates. Even after the ruling, the state still requires parents to sit through a lengthy exemption process that involves watching a vaccine education video and a discussion with a state health department nurse before exempting their children from school mandates. And here is a good news story to close out today. Catholic bishops in India are celebrating, along with the rest of their country, this week after an Indian-built lunar lander touchdown on the moon's surface wednesday morning which is a big win for the country space program the indian bishops released a statement saying the progress made by our scientists and engineers in the field of space research is truly commendable and fills our hearts with pride indian bishop conference president archbishop andrews Tasseth says the pursuit of knowledge and exploration knows no boundaries and brings together people from all walks of life the touchdown of the Chandrayaan-3 spacecraft marked mankind's first successful mission to the moon's south pole, which is an interesting site for scientists due to its presence uh, scientists believe, of substantial quantities of water ice. According to Space.com, the solar-powered lunar rover will now spend two weeks exploring the vicinity of the landing site, studying the chemical composition of moon dust and gravel. India's successful landing took place just days after Russia failed to land its Luna 25 mission in the same area following a botched orbital maneuver, according to Space.com. And those are your headline news stories. Back to you, Adrian. Thank you very much, Dave. I much appreciate you keeping us up to date.
3: You know, I mean, I think the whole moon landing story, really cool, if only the moon was real. (laughs) (laughs) It's not real? No, no. It's a a, projection. The things I
4: learned at Catholic Drive Yeah, there you go. (laughs) You
3: know, uh, I had a a friend who um, didn't believe in the moon landing, and it was really funny. We were out uh, one day with some friends, and... (laughs) He goes, we're standing outside, right? And it was a beautiful full moon. And he looks up and I'm like sitting there next to him. He goes, I can't believe we've never been there. (laughs) That's a conversation starter. (laughs) And this is whenever, this is probably the second time I met him. We weren't really friends at the time. And I was looking at him like, who are you, dude? And uh, I, I go, I said, what are you talking about? The moon's not real. (laughs) And I I think that's the, uh, that's my favorite way to respond to, uh, to that situation whenever, whenever that comes up. I'm like, you believe in the moon?
4: Yeah.
3: (laughs) But that's cool. I didn't, the going back to the moon, very strange. I wonder, um, they say the ice caps are there trying to find some water. Very interesting, very interesting situation of people, a a new, a new race to the, to the stars, I guess. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, Let's space is pretty out. interesting
4: overall. Yeah, yeah, just the vastness of it. Yeah. Uh,
3: joining us right now is Sebastian Konarski. I hope I said your name right, uh, Sebastian. You can correct me right if I mispronounced it. Uh, you're joining us. We're talking about the culture war, and you are uniquely qualified to do so, having worked in Hollywood and currently working on a number of projects that uh, maybe we'll talk about in the future. But uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you. Oh. One second. Got to turn your mic up. There you go. Uh, good
8: morning. Thank you. Yes, you did pronounce my name right. Perfect. Okay, a good job on that. Thank you. Very and much. I don't know about the whole qualification thing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
3: hmm. Well, it's a, a very interesting conversation because the culture war is something that, you know, some people pretend doesn't exist. And other people are saying like, oh, you know, we just got to worry about taxes and things like that. And we just deal with the uh, let the culture be what it is. Uh, but I think that that is a grave error. What would you say?
8: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you were mentioning earlier uh, the, uh, saint, the saint of the day, St. Louis the Ninth, and you were mentioning some of the things that he put an end to, prostitution, usury, blasphemy. I mean, imagine if we had a candidate right now that did something like that. And w- with the influences of our culture now in, ter- in terms of uh, TV and movies and the shows that we're watching, we're all influenced by just kind of garbage media. And imagine mm. if a candidate started doing that. I mean, how much outrage
3: would that bring?
9: Yeah, in our society. Yeah.
3: You know, it's interesting um, because I, when I was, I had the privilege of going to Europe last week, and I was uh, one of the places we stopped. There was this beautiful, beautiful cathedral, basilica uh, that was a part of a convent, and it just was jaw-droppingly beautiful. And I was made a comment to the tour guide. I was like, wow, it's crazy that we we can't build things like this today. Mm-hmm. And he said, Well, the problem is with presidents, you can't build things like this. Because this church was built by order of the king. And it took several lifetimes to build. And he said, Imagine if your president said, We're going to build this thing and then four years later you shut down the project. Right, and it does. does Doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. No, and, and we need these people of power, like you think of the the Medici family for whatever their flaws were, which there are many. Um, they were people of great authority, power, wealth, mm-hmm. who were able to fund the arts.
8: Well, we we have to remember also, uh, Saint Charles Borromeo came from the Medici family, mm. and it was because of him all these beautiful cathedrals and churches were being built. He commissioned artists and painters and sculptors to bring all this. All these churches into into existence, you know, in Rome, especially. So, yeah, that's a lot of influence. I mean, to have that kind of money and influence to to focus on beauty and converting souls
3: to the church. And is... we think about like real beauty, because I, one of the things I have a little bit of a problem with when it comes to Catholic media and Christian media in general, Christian uh, art. It's always very, I don't know, what's the what's the word? It's like not it's like um where the, the words like cutesy. um it's like what is that word? Kind <clears> of <throat> saccharine sweet or yeah yeah just uh or like almost cartoony cartoony not real yeah. not yeah. real hokey, hokey. Yeah. yeah and it kind of always bothers me and I'm like okay well I'm glad that those exist you know the kids like it it's stuff like that but it's not it's not the art that we see no. in the ancient in the old cathedrals in the old um paintings of the masters. It's not that anymore. No, it's not. And, and it's like those, those skills have been lost, but those are something that converts souls. Mm-hmm. And so I always wanted to say, you know, we need people to dedicate their lives to these things and do it well. Right. I think that's very important. And one thing, one element of the culture war that is almost untouched. It's kind of been touched recently with the, um, the angel studios is movies, television, the arts and, and those kind of uh, mass media. Uh what do you think about those that situation? Uh, it's a it's a right step and it's a good step in the right direction.
8: Uh we need more um people and studios, for example, companies to really think about what is important in our culture. Uh, Angel Studios is it's a, it's a good it's a right step in the right it's a good step in the right direction because it I mean I think what they did with Sound of Freedom is, I mean, mind-blowing numbers in the box office. So many people went to go see it. I mean, great marketing perspective as well. You know, pay it forward to those that couldn't afford really expensive uh, movie tickets. But I think it's – people are becoming aware now, especially of the the human trafficking part of things. But um, I think – it just goes to show that people are tired of what Hollywood is producing. And it's not, even, it's not even good. I mean, you can throw money at everything, which Hollywood really does, to solve a problem. But it's not really solving anything in our
3: culture and society. It's not bringing beauty to, to Yeah, society. for sure. Um, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to pick up this conversation. And, you know, there was a movie that I really wanted to see but I didn't watch it because of the immorality. I'll tell you about that when we come back.
6: Arm yourself for the daily spiritual battle. Visit St. Michael's Armory for beautiful sacramentals, recast antique medals and religious jewelry, and our exclusive sterling silver and wool brown scapulars. Take up these means to strengthen your soul and arm yourself well for the battle of life. SaintMichael'sArmory.com. that's stmichaelsarmory.com
4: spiritual armor for the battle of life
10: this is a messy family minute with mike and alicia hernan social media has enabled us to be more connected than ever with the people from our past friends who we rarely see and family who live far away this can be a great blessing but when used without guidance by our children social
11: media can actually deform a child's development An essential aspect of a child's development is their relationship to the world. This happens through interactions between a child and their peers and a child
2: and adults. Because of social media, most teens are overwhelmingly more influenced by their
6: peers than by the adults in their lives. This is a problem.
2: 94% of parents underestimate the activity of their children on social media. Don't be that parent.
10: Use filtering and monitoring apps to protect your child and stay engaged in their tech use. Or better yet, hold off on introducing your child to social media. You want to be the strongest influence in your child's life for as long as possible.
11: For our full podcast on this topic and for downloadable resources, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be here with you. It's always good to be here on Catholic Radio. Good morning to you. Congratulations, making it to Friday. It's always a good thing to pat yourself on the back on a Friday,
4: say, a job well done. A job well done. I think that's what I do. I, I just love that, you know, the the mirror existing to Friday. You know, mm-hmm. you, you made it.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's this ginormous mirror uh, mirror in the Dallas office. It's like you walk down the hallway and there's this ginormous mirror that makes the office look way bigger. And I said, <laughs> "Smoking I was, mirrors, man." Exa- exactly. And I stood in front of it and I was thinking, I was like, "Huh." This either is uh, really helping my self confidence or really hurting it.
4: <laughs> and it's a long hallway, so you got to look at yourself for a long time. <laughs> as you it's like I That's...
3: guess I should comb my hair.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just put that up for you. Thanks. Yeah, I it wasn't here that. last week.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, very good. Praise be to God. Uh, joining us right now is uh, I. I'm just gonna I try so hard to say certain names, and I always try to like spell them out phonetically to make sure I don't just butcher it. Uh, Sebastian Konarski. That's right. Praise be to God. There we go. Uh, we're talking about the culture war. And before we went to break, I mentioned there was a movie that I was really excited to see. In fact, I was planning on driving out to an IMAX theater to go watch it. Cause I, I love movies, but I can't watch any of them because they're all immoral and it really drives me nuts. So it was Oppenheimer and there was a huge debate in the Catholic circles, um, in the, in the blogosphere, uh, arguing on whether or not Catholics Should watch this movie. And I came across a side of, you know, there's a gratuitous sex scene in the movie, several is what I've been told. And I, first, I was like, oh, I want to see this movie. But then I found out about it and I was like, oh, I guess I can't see it. And I was very conflicted. And it drives me nuts because then, whenever it comes to good movies, they always sow this dissent, this revolutionary spirit throughout it. And then Catholics. We just, we strive, we want to be part of the culture. We want to enjoy these things, and so then we make excuses. We're like, well, you know, it's only like 2% of the movie, so I know I can watch it. And we make excuses to do things that are bad. Uh, Sebastian, what is this going on here, and what's the solution?
8: I, I, you're, you're asking <laughs> a very good question. Yeah. yeah, I mean, don't cave, don't. Yeah, I have. I have the same point. Sometimes, you know, two percent. It's only two percent of the movie. I'll cover my eyes and I won't watch it. But you're still supporting it, right? You're Mm -hmm. still paying for the ticket, and you're actually going to the movie. So, I, I don't know. I mean, just don't do it. Um, What we're doing in our projects is that we're not including any of that. You know, we're not including any blasphemy, any nudity, any gratuitous scenes, uh, any. You know, we'll even take it so far to not having any cuss words, curse words, you know. Um, I mean, everything depends on the story, but there are non-negotiables that we we have to stick to. Why do they put these things in the movies to begin with? It's all part of a liberal agenda. It's all part of, you know, controlling people and pretending to give them what they want. You know, I heard a lot of things in Hollywood. Oh, we're just giving the people what they want. Well, they've conditioned these people into giving them what they wanted, Mm -hmm. you know. And if they give them
3: those type of scenes and, you know, anything pornographic, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of control. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine last night and I was saying how, you know, a lot of people, they think they know what they want and they have this idea. as like, oh, yeah, I want to be successful. I want to be this Hollywood celebrity. I want this. I want that. And my question is, do you actually want that? Like, is that really what you want? Is that really what's going to make you happy? Hmm. Or is that, are you brainwashed? Or is that the society telling you this is what you want? You want sex scenes in movies. You want this vulgar music. You want this music that is utter garbage. Um, and they just try to train you. They're like, this is what you want. And then right. when you try, when you're exposed to beauty, you're like, eh, like classical music, it's, people struggle to listen to it because they, they have not been trained on how to appreciate good things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that.
8: I wanted the Hollywood thing a long time ago. I wanted to be a part of the Hollywood system. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I won't do nudity. But, yeah, for example, I'll take my shirt off and, you know, maybe uh, do a locker room scene with, you know, showing my behind or something like that. But it's those little, tiny, subtle things that they that they trick, for example, the actors to do. Oh, uh, you know, for example, uh, we're not going to do a full nudity scene, but we will. You know, you just have, you know, your undergarments on. Okay, well, but then, you know, we'll move on to something even more. And it just, it starts very subtly, very gradually. And next thing you know, you have someone completely nude on screen. Mm. And it's okay because they've been conditioned, the actors have been conditioned to get there. And now they're used to it. And hey, you know, if everyone else is doing it, if this is what it takes to be famous or successful and a
3: quote unquote working actor in Hollywood, then I guess I have to do it. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because when I was younger, I wanted to be an actor. That's what I wanted to do. I did acting through high school. I did it in middle school, did it through college. I actually wanted to go uh, to university to study acting. Um, And, you know, when I was in the, the theater world, it's just so, even at Catholic universities, it's so incredibly leftist. And I realized, you know, this is not something that is conducive to the salvation of my soul, and so I kind of just abandoned that idea. I was like, I, if I go to Broadway, if I go to Hollywood, it's only going to be a, a great temptation to losing my soul. And it's what do, do I really want to gain the world to lose my soul? And obviously, obviously, who knows, or maybe I never would have been successful anyway. But still, it's something that we have to keep in mind. What are our priorities when it comes to life? Do we want entertainment and success more than we want our souls to be saved and the souls of our children to be saved?
8: That's right. Yeah, I mean, we all want to be comfortable in this in this cushy life that we have in this world. Everything is so easy, and we got this Amazon uh, lifestyle thinking mm. now. Everything is so instant. But when we take the time to really write, like for example, I'm writing a, a TV show right now with um, my uh, my producing and uh, writing partner, and we're taking the time to write these scenes where it you there is a, an element of craft in it, you know what I mean? It's not, we're just not belting out these scenes of, oh, what the people want to see is, you know, some sort of random act of violence or some random act of, I don't know, gratuitous sex or something like that, you know? So we're we're taking the time to really hone the craft of beauty, and I know what you mean when, when you said you wanted to be an actor and you, you did some of the stuff in the theater world. The theater world is very leftist- uh,
3: Very, very gay as well. You know that that's that's what most. You know, I got in I got in trouble for eating Chick Fil A in theater because they said I was supporting homophobic chicken. Homophobic chicken. (laughs) Homophobic chicken. Chicken sandwiches. It it was actually chicken nuggets. Yes, Um, a chicken nuggets. Yes, and I I I always I tell a story. I actually they were like, "How dare you eat this homophobic chicken?" Yada yada, and I was like, "Because it's good." Because it's. Delicious chicken. And I I actually told my uh, scripture professor about that situation and he's, uh, English is his like fourth language. And so he tells me, he goes, well, of course the chicken is homophobic. Homo, meaning man, phobic, afraid. Of course they're afraid of man. We eat them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, no, no, no. He's talking no. about like homosexual. He's like, oh, same Latin Greek. I understand. <laughs> oh, <that's great. laughs> yeah. So little
8: things like that. And that's been embedded in the culture now. That's what I heard, you know, in living in Hollywood. Oh, don't eat Chick-fil-A. But there was a Chick-fil-A on Sunset Boulevard <laughs> and it was open all the time. And every time I drove by it, it was always packed. So I said, where are these people coming from? They hate Chick-fil-A, but they just can't resist the sandwiches and the <laughs> cheese and the nuggets. It's so good. So, yeah, it, there's there's the juxtaposition, mm. you know, and that's another element that we're trying to, you know, to bring. The juxtaposition, that's a very – another thing in art and beauty. People want to see the
3: juxtaposition in storytelling, mm. you know. So if someone is, you know, thinking about this and they're saying, you know what, I agree with you guys. What do I do? I, I, what I, I mean, what I just don't consume entertainment, or how do I find out what entertainment is is okay, or what about for when I'm trying to protect my kids, or or what if I want to support these things? Like, is there somewhere where we can go to support these people? Where do I, where do I find like-minded people in these in these fields? There are like-minded people. Um, it's
8: it, the, far and few in between because I think we just lost the sense of beauty. We just lost. Mm people really honing in on their craft. You know, Um, you can support us. Go to floweringthorn.com. That's the name of our company, floweringthorn.com. There are people popping up, though, doing good things. It takes time. I mean, the culture is so uh, sponged and soaked with such bad art and music and TV that people people are kind of giving up at this point you mm-hmm. know what i mean and there's a there's a lot of productions out there you know christian productions that people are also kind of sick of because especially catholics they're not giving them good stories with good theology mm-hmm. like uh, one of the one of the uh, the examples that i give is the chosen i mean mm. it's a Protestant and more production. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not giving you the full truth. It's 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 kind of watered down theology. It's not even good theology. And and uh, and I was very surprised that a lot of Catholics were supporting it. I yeah, said, "Why? Same. This is not a Catholic production. This is not a real biblical production. It's just I mean, they crowdfunded a lot of money. They could have
3: hired some better actors, some better writers, at least give it some beauty, but I, yeah, I, and some fields are harder than others cuz like for instance my uh my little sister is a artist in the classical realist tradition and she does these amazing works of art that are just you you think that it's painted in the renaissance era it's how good it is and, and I'm not just tooting her horn I am you know she'll show you the art if you if someone was like hey show prove to me uh, I'll show you it's it's absolutely stunning and it takes her months to paint these things but she can do it on her own sure. she doesn't have to find a team of people to do this and uh but and things like that you should support people who are doing those kind of things. Go out and buy their art, fund their art, or, or like pull money together and buy that art for schools, for universities, for your church, things like that. Find people out there that are doing those things. Pull your money, be able to purchase those things for your art. But it's more difficult when it comes to things like music, when it comes to things like um, for like the TV shows, the movies, because you it requires to build out a whole. Team and right. it becomes very difficult to be able to uh, reconcile now. Right, and it's I, very expensive too. It's very expensive. Yeah, and that's the thing too. So, w-
8: what we are doing here is uh, my my partner and I, we are um, my writing partner and production partner. Uh, we are fighting the culture war, but we 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 are not hoping and expecting to change the culture. Mm. That cannot be done overnight. The culture that we're in right now took years decades and you know decadence takes a little while so we want to reverse that so we're just we're just a tiny spoke in the wheel Mm. throwing what we're doing what we're good at you know what i mean so we are trying to win this fight as little as in in, in baby steps and hopefully we can show that example to the others as well
3: amen the revolution is going and we have to be counter revolutionaries you can think of it as a a bike Riding down the road, and if the bike stops, it'll topple over. So, what we got to do slow down the bike, slow it down, and eventually it'll topple a little bit at a time. We'll be right back with more right after this.
2: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now, this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org
4: So The neighbor who we've spoken to, you know, just in greeting, who I don't believe has
11: ever spoken back to us, out of the blue, uh, surprised us. One day we were getting the
10: kids in the car for Mass and asked us if we were going to Mass. I was dumbstruck for about probably 10 seconds. It was great that we had an opportunity to share about our parish and that we were Catholic. Turned out she was Catholic, too, and she assumed we were because of the bumper sticker on our car.
1: The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
0: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Many committed Christians hold to this axiom. If it's in the Bible, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, here you go. 1 Timothy 2 states the following about women as related to church life. No braiding the hair, no gold jewelry, no pearls. Just learn in silence and do not teach. Does your pastor comply with these biblical instructions? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, an unpleasant fact. Many self-proclaimed Bible-only churches, sadly, will pick and choose what parts of the Bible are implemented in the life of the church. Secondly, Catholic catechism. Be especially attentive to, quote, the content and unity of the whole scripture. And thirdly, a tough comeback. In order to understand the sacred author's intention, we must take into account culture, audience, and the literary genre. So if your Bible-only church does not strictly obey those instructions, then tell me the reason why. Well, we know... You know, 80% of your church is handled by women. So with those instructions in force, many women will leave your church. Maybe even the pastor's wife. Ouch.
4: Hi, this is Dave Palmer. Do you love all that you're learning about the Catholic Church here on the GRN? And are you ready to dive into the deep? If so, join us each Friday afternoon beginning at 1 p.m. Central for Back to the Father on the GRN.
3: Hi, my name is John Henry from St. John Vianney Catholic Church. And you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
4: Online.com for more information. And welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show.
3: This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Happy Friday to you. Happy Feast of St. Louis the Ninth. You know, that's an awesome song. Speaking of culture war, here's an element of the culture war is good music. Uh, my friends with the TFP, they actually put out. They have a YouTube channel called TFP South. It's called TFP South because the TFP members in Louisiana run the YouTube channel, and they put out this music, and they it's so good. Maybe I'll play it for you during the after show, and it's it's really cool because uh, they have a particular song about Saint Louis the Ninth. It's an old French song. They translated into English, and it's called uh, the Song of the Crusade. And it talks about Saint Louis the Ninth going off to battle, and and he's going off to crusade, and he's like the men. Some men are, are supporting him, some men are not supporting him. He's saying, "No, we must fight to free the Christians." And it's all about this. Uh, it's very, very inspiring. Um, and that's what music should do. It should inspire us to virtue, not to um,
4: not to decadence. Uh, to fight for virtue this day, you know. Amen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's uh, I, I was just in your, your conversation with uh, Sebastian. It uh, seems like. Natural law and uh, and just uh, and, and a natural drawing towards the beauty should be something that every single person just naturally is drawn to. And why the opposite is so popular, it seems like it just goes against our very nature. What Hollywood is putting out and what a lot of the culture is feeding us, and so it's interesting. It's kind of an interesting study in human nature, for sure.
3: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It's really interesting um, because yeah, stay with us during the after show. We're going to talk more about the culture war. Uh, We're going to talk about, because there's a lot of elements of it, like dress, um, like the music, all these things that we didn't even even touch, didn't even get close to touching at all, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that during the after show, so you're going to want to join us. How do you do so? Well, you can go to YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, and look up Catholic Drive Time, and any of those platforms, you'll find us, and hop on and join us live And we'll have a conversation with you, whatever it is you want to talk about. Today, we're going to be talking a lot about the culture war. So if you want to join us, that's the way to do so. And you can leave a comment, and we would love to respond to you. That comes up at 30 past the hour. Now, I want to talk about this, about divine simplicity for a second. But actually, I decided... um, Dave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play just a, a couple seconds of that song about Louis Ninth because I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's really okay. cool. And so I'm going to see if I can play it. Um, we'll see how good I am at running this board here in Dallas. But let's find out. A noble king has called a right Every brave man and
7: valiant knight His voice rings out So long and slow
11: Who will succeed
3: the song begins and it's it's all about how he's calling for the men his men to uh to go off to crusade to fight for the christians and some of the some of his knights will come out and they're like i would lay down my life to defend my land but you want me to go to africa you want me to leave the country and fight for these catholics that are not part of my country and louis the ninth says this lacks wisdom because we have to save all of christendom mm-hmm. and uh, Where's that mentality today? We have to save all of Christendom and the culture war is part of saving Christendom. Anyway, let's jump into divine simplicity. Um, Dave, you're going to have back to the father today and you're going to have a really, really cool co-host today. I've heard, um, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah the coolest of all. In fact, we were thinking about not doing the show today because Sicil typically runs the board and Cicel is the co-host on it, but I said, gosh, we've got Adrian Fonseca in our studio here in North Texas. He's a fellow Thomist, and so I asked you if you would join me on the show today, and so you and I are going to talk about some issues related to St. Thomas Aquinas and the Summa today, 1 o'clock Central Time, back to the Father. Amen, amen. And you kind of said, you know,
3: we're just going to talk a little more casually, whatever we want to talk about, and one element that I think is it's kind of a linchpin in Thomistic philosophy, and that is divine simplicity. and something that is often misunderstood, and I thought that this clip from the famous Richard Dawkins really, really summed up the more ignorant position on divine simplicity, and I'll just play that little clip for you.
1: Richard Swinburne is saying that God is simple because he's a single entity. How can he be a single entity if he's simultaneously controlling the universe, every particle in the universe, he's forgiving our sins, Mm. he's giving us free will, he's deciding whether or not you'll die or not on a certain day. Such a thing is not a single, simple entity. It's a highly complicated mammoth, great, big, fat entity. In order to do the things that God is supposed to be doing, he cannot be simple. He, he's an entity of subjective consciousness. He thinks about things. He has will, free will. He has uh, the power to influence anything in the world that he wants to do. He even does the things that the Christians believe and all the other religions believe. How can you possibly say that such an entity is a single, simple entity?
4: Yeah, so bring up some good questions there. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does bring up some
3: interesting questions there. And I think it's, uh, it's funny because he's a... Uh, he kind of throws this out and it's, it's understandable if this was like a high school student, a freshman yeah. in philosophy in college. Uh, that would be perfectly reasonable. Understanding, But Richard Dawkins is like a famous atheist. You think he would have entertained and dive into the classical theist position. Uh, but what was your what's your initial reaction to that?
4: Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. First of all, you know, Peter Craft who's one of my favorite writers, he talks about the great conversation, you know, that uh, throughout the years going all the way back to the pre-Socratics, great uh, men and, and women more of more modern age have, uh, you know, just kind of asked the questions. And so I, I'm glad he's at least talking about it, but he raises some pretty fundamental issues. But I think his issue is that he's thinking of God from a human perspective. Mm. And he's, he's thinking temporally. He talks about how can he do all these things? How can he run a universe? But he's thinking because he's an atheist and he's a materialist, uh, he can't... I guess, get to the point of realizing that, as Scripture says, God is so far beyond us that you have to have uh, an understanding that we are not ever going to comprehend God, even in heaven, uh, according to St. Thomas Aquinas. And so there has to be some, I guess, element of humility and just saying that there's, there's aspects of God that I'm never going to fully comprehend. And he's so far above me. He's outside time. He's immutable. Uh, he's perfect. He's absolute goodness, he's existence itself. And so I, I just think he, his mind, since he's kind of caught up in that kind of atheistic mindset, uh, humanistic mindset, he just can't go there.
3: And for some reason, he can't grasp the idea that being simple is better than being complex, which is really amusing to me because he's a biologist, right? Yeah. And you, for an engineer, if you ask an engineer, if we got David Magianis on the board, we would, we would have him in, in the room, he would tell you because he's an engineer. You, when you build something in engineering, you want it to be as simple as possible. And sometimes as simple as possible in these like large projects means thousands and thousands of moving parts. But the less parts, moving parts that you can create, the less opportunities for failure. And we think about our own bodies, right? And if you break an arm, it's like, okay, well, you still have the other arm. But now you have one arm that's not working. Um, you're starting to become more and more defective. But if you're simple, then you only have to preserve one part of you. And if you're God, well, that one part of you is never going to be hurt and never mm-hmm. going to be w- injured. And I think that that's a fundamental uh, failure in his understanding. And it's a very simple, it's funny we're using the word simple, but to talk about <laughs> simplicity. It's a very simple thing so, that, yeah. that your average engineer would know.
4: Yeah. And, and, you know, when Moses went up in the mountain and said, you know, who should I tell them sent me, you know, and God didn't give him this, you know, 50 page thesis paper about who he was. He just basically said, I am. I am sent you. I mean, that's the most simple description of a being that you could possibly have. So God was basically identifying himself with existence itself. You know, I am sent you, which is really cool. But he was, that's the only time, uh, I think God was asked in scripture, who are you? What, what, what is your name? And God gave that answer, which is, uh, which is simplicity itself. Yeah. And
3: then it goes into that kind of, um, we talk about, the the proofs of the existence of god right and one of those things is the uncaused cause and that shows that our lord the god himself is is not one being amongst in many he is above it's almost it's almost a blasphemy to say that our lord is a thing because he's not he's a, he's above the things he is the creator of the things he is the uncaused cause how would you articulate the the concept of
4: uncaused cause well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a truth that every, Effect has to have a cause, you know, and that's the, actually the second proof of God's existence in the Summa Theologia, uh, that Thomas says, yeah, if every effect has to have a cause, but then you keep going back and back and back and back and back, it doesn't make sense that it just goes on infinitely. There has to be some being that in the beginning kind of breaks the rule, so to speak. Otherwise, you just go back, you know, in, in, in infinite, uh, multitude and say that there was ultimately at the beginning an uncaused cause. Uh, who's the, the efficient cause that kind of started the whole thing. But it's, uh, you know, and a lot of people, when you start talking about these kind of things, Adrian, they're just like, ah, you know, this just, I don't want to go there. You know, it's, it's confusing and all that. But I think it's, it's important to talk about this stuff. It's important, I think, even for young people, talk, talk about these kind of things with your young children and at least let them start to process God's existence and what he is. And, um, I think, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting conversation. I'm glad Richard Dawkins was engaged in it. You know, it's it's interesting because I think that's
3: I, I talk about this often. the The burden of being a Catholic in our time, every age has its has its struggles. Every age has its struggles, and previous ages, um, the firstborn son had to uh, pony up and ride into battle and fight the Crusades. Um, our burden in the 21st century is that we have to be educated Catholics. We can't rely on other people doing the job. We can't rely on the Dominican order going out and battling against the atheists and the, and the Protestants and the pagans. Uh, we can't rely on the bishops to just tell us uh, what to believe. And we're just like, Oh, oh a bishop said, so I'm going to b- believe it. A father said at mass, so I'm going to believe it. Um, our burden today is that we have to be intellectual Catholics. We have to study the faith. And that is a real burden. It's hard. St. Thomas to talk about how the Dominicans um, they're called to be nailed to the wood of the desk because they it is a struggle it requires a lot of thinking it requires a lot of of, of struggle to try to work things out and sometimes
4: you need to find a teacher But that's why we have Catholic Radio, right, Dave? Yeah, and I I think today in our day and age, there's a lot more. Yes, Catholic Radio, very important. (laughs) Is that the right answer? Uh, No, of course it is, and we can broadcast the truth. But I think also today, there's so many opportunities for distraction, okay? The media is really good, but imagine living at the time of Jesus or the time of Socrates, and you wake up, and you pretty much are looking at the natural world. You know, of course, there would be homes that are built and all that, but a much more of a contemplation of the stars and the the sky and water. I mean, that's what a lot of these, you know, philosophers kind of looked at. It's like, what is this all about? But nowadays, there are so many distractions. There's so many things on film and print and TV and, of course, radio. Radio can be very good, but uh, there's also some bad radio out there. Uh, but I just think there's, there's just, it's a more complicated uh, life. I
0: nowadays.
2: love that you said
3: that. Because I was thinking this exact thing when I was in Europe. Uh, we were, I was in uh, this house that would belong to, um, I believe it was uh, Saint Bernadette. And when you look out the window, you see the beautiful mountains. You look over to the right and you see the beautiful church. And it's just like, this is what you lo- saw when you looked out the window. This is what you saw. And then you go out and you walk into the church, you look up and it's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like everything just lifts your mind to God. And you're just, it's just jaw dropping what you see. And it's so stunningly beautiful. And you think, I can understand why people became saints. Mm -hmm. I can understand why people came to love God. And that's been destroyed today. And so that's our task to rebuild it. Yeah. we're we'll talk more about this at 30 past the hour during the after show. I think it would be a great conversation. But right now, call now to join our game show, Fear and Trembling. You could be the winner, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. One last time,
0: 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question if you're a non-Catholic friend. What does it take to constitute an actual church? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a gathering of Christians is not automatically a church. Although Matthew 18 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst, that is not a text to be interpreted as a premise for a church. That's a requirement to legitimize an accusation. Secondly, Catholic teaching. Christ established and sustains the church as both a mystical community and a visible organization with hierarchy and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. Eventually, you have to decide what one item is absolutely essential for our Lord to say, that's my church. So is it a church if there's simply a common belief in the Bible? Or perhaps just a doctrinal agreement? Is it compliance to the Apostles' Creed? Could it be the stamp of approval from a denomination? Maybe an ordained pastor makes it officially a church. So, you know that place you've been attending every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? Maybe it's not even a church. Maybe it's just a good, healthy hangout. Ooh. Donnie, what are the four Gospels in the New Testament?
6: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John.
5: And who baptized Jesus?
6: St. John the Baptist.
5: As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on.
3: 579424. 4. That's the number to call to be part of the game show, Fear and Trembling. And well, I got good news and bad news for you. The good news and bad news is, well, the good news is that we have callers on the line. Um, the bad news is we already took our first caller rut. Don't worry though, because next week we have an all new game show, Fear and Trembling. And if you call in next week, there's going to be all new prizes and you could win. Um, but praise be to God. Thank you to everybody who called in. We are very grateful to everyone who dials in every single week. I'm very, very grateful. Now, you may be asking, what am I listening to? What's going on here? Well, it's very, very simple. We're playing the Fear and Trembling Game Show, and here's the trick. I'm not going to ask you the questions. I'm going to ask Dave the questions, and Dave's going to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not Dave is right or whether or not Dave is wrong. You'll have 15 seconds in the clock, and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence. Actually, it's not a coffee cup of Divine Providence this week. Um, the coffee cup, I left it in Houston. It's actually going to be the, the fish bowl of Divine Providence <laughs> that uh, Dave it's and his bigger. team has it here. It is pretty big. It's pretty big. It's not a fishbowl. I guess it's just a yeah. regular bowl. Uh, but we're going to throw it in there, and we're going to draw a name, and today's the day we're going to draw the name. So um, we have an amazing prize that we're going to give away today. That prize is Conver- uh, Conversion Starters. Conversion Starters. Very, very interesting prize. They have a Why Do Catholics Pray the Rosary Tote Bag and a Why Do Catholics Pray to Saints mug. ConversionStarters.com makes evangelization easy and painless for everyone. Conversion Starters t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs catch people's eyes and pique their curiosity by featuring common questions about Catholicism, along with a website address where they can go to get a read, a brief and easy to understand answers to those questions. So be a billboard for Christ. com is evangelization for introverts.
4: I love that. Billboard for Christ. Isn't that cool? Can you imagine facing Jesus at the end of time and he was like, you were my billboard. <laughs> right. Okay. I think that would bode well for our eternal salvation. Don't you think? You know, I was thinking, what are
3: we a billboard for every day? Yeah. We're billboards for like uh, Nike, Adidas. Disney, Apple. Um, are we a billboard for Christ? When people look at us, they know, Oh, that person, he's sponsoring Christ. Yeah. Um, I think that's something, I think that's a very beautiful thing. And the the concept of being able to just say, have the question there and be like, if you want the answer, don't talk to me. Go look it up here. Go, just go to the website. (laughs) I don't know, but this (laughs)
4: website does. But yeah, I know, I know the family that, that runs this. And it's really cool because I have, I have a shirt uh, that says, you know, why do Catholics pray to the saints? And it does get attention, you know, and if you're the, if you're an extrovert that likes to talk to people, uh, you get into some conversations at the grocery store and uh, people will ask you, you know, the, the, they're intrigued and you're opening up a conversation, right? Amen, amen. So it's an excellent opportunity to be able to um,
3: win a prize. I think it's going to be a awesome prize to win. So thank you to everybody calling in this week. Um, and today's the day we're going to give out that prize. So make sure that you are tuned in to make sure that we grab that prize for you. Now, um, joining us right now is... Let's see if I can, uh, work the phones on, on here and try to <laughs> I throw just marvel at
4: watching you do all that back there, Richard. This is amazing. This is... Uh,
3: it's uh, amazing if I can get it to work. But... <laughs> a little
4: less amazing if you don't, but, uh, <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm pulling for you. Yeah. Do you. Do you want me to say something so you can, uh, you can focus on that or, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Do another that. newscast or something. Do another uh, newscast
3: <laughs> or something. Now we, uh, I got I forgot to, um, what I forgot to do was I forgot to pull up a stack. On the phone oh, and so okay. now i'm like okay i just put them back on hold instead of putting them on air so yeah i right. hate when that
4: happens <laughs> uh yeah so I, this is really cool just by by the way you know i think i've, I've completed the trifecta because I, I listen to catholic drive time every morning I ho- I had the blessing of hosting it a couple of weeks ago, a couple of times, and now I'm the news guy. So it's just uh, it's a great blessing to be able to be involved in so many different ways, and and, and being a guest as well. So uh, I've been a guest a number of times. So uh, I yeah. love the show. I'm, I'm sure you do as well, dear listeners. And so we're gonna uh, uh, the, the 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 game show is is fun, and it's exciting that today is going to be the day that uh, we get to draw the winner for that uh, those prizes as well. So that's gonna Amen. be pretty cool.
3: Amen. And now joining us right now is chris good morning to you chris let's see if we can hear him let's see if i did uh this can part you right. hear me there you go all right i did it praise right. be to god high five <laughs> all right. I, was, I was afraid you guys
11: i was afraid you guys would accidentally hang up on me or something
3: you know is definitely a possibility <laughs> that was definitely something that could have happened uh do not put it past me but i i did not end up hanging up on you so praise be to god now chris where are you calling Fantastic. in from San Antonio, San Antonio, Texas. Praise be to God. I, you know, I was expecting being in the Dallas office that we're going to get a flood of Dallas callers, mm-hmm. uh, but still, San Antonio reigns supreme. Oh wow! Regardless yeah. of where you go, mm-hmm. it's still that way. Yeah. It's still that yeah. way. A
0: lot of a lot of Catholics in this
11: city.
3: Yeah. Praise be to God for it. Praise be to God. Now, where are you off to this morning, Chris? Uh, I'm just taking the kids to school. Praise be to God. Um, you kids, uh, they're all in uh, elementary school, middle school, high school. What's, what's the range? What's the age uh, range there? The, uh, the two in the car with
11: me right now are middle schoolers, and we listen to the show every morning. Oh, uh, praise
3: be to God. Well, good morning to yeah. uh, to kids. We uh, appreciate you all tuning in. And uh, I know that your, uh, your dad's going to need some help on the show this morning, so uh, make sure that you are there to give him the answers. Uh, but... I know it's going to be great. You have a, a series of theologians in the car. So are you all ready to play? We are ready. All right. Well, let's jump into the, the first question here. Uh, Dave, are you ready? I'm ready, yes. The question is, am I ready? <laughs> <laughs> here we go. The first question. Who was the first pope after
4: Peter? okay the first pope after peter so after that'd peter. be the second pope, so the second pope. A, a total okay uh gosh peter um you know i, I think i know this one I, I think it was kind of a kind of an interesting name because he's become popular in you know uh, with uh, charles schultz and all that but i'm going with linus pope linus, pope linus was the second pope yeah that's, going that's gonna be linus. my final answer
3: all right well you're going with linus um I thought that he was a character in the Peanuts, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, uh, Chris, 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, who was the second Pope? Well, Dave Palmer seems to think that it was a Linus, and I thought that was like a dance, but I I don't know. A line dance? Uh, a li- Ooh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, what say you, Chris, and kids? 15 seconds on the clock. Is he right or is he wrong? I say Dave is correct. You see, right. Dave is correct. That is a uh, very, very bold thing to say, but I, I suppose yeah, people are allowed to, uh, to say Dave is correct every once in a while. But Thank you, Chris. I appreciate every that. Every now and then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every now and then. But we're going to find out whether or not he is correct. And he is, in fact, correct. It was, in fact, Linus. So praise be to God for that. Um, are you ready for question number two, Chris? You bet. All right. Well, I have to warn you. This second question here could be, it could be tricky. So keep your ears, I keep wanting to say peeled, but I mean to say tuned. So that's what I mean to say. You don't want to peel your ears. It's very painful. You do that to your eyes, not to your ears. Um, Speaking of pain, uh, Dave, the question on the board is Who is the patron saint of cooks? Now it's painful because if anybody ever eats my food, they're going to be in pain.
4: All right. I know Chris has a lot of confidence in me, and so I appreciate that very much. Uh, Yeah, the the patron saint of cooks and food is St. Sebastian of Hamburg. Ah. Okay, he was from Germany, okay? That's where we get the hamburger. Uh, Okay, so St. Sebastian of Hamburg is the answer. Final answer. That makes a lot of sense.
3: You know, I always wondered where hamburgers come from. And yeah. I, I thought it was an American St. Sebastian of Hamburg. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, it's a very, very good question, I would argue. St. Sebastian of Hamburg. I, I think I've heard of that person before. Um, what say you, Chris and kids? 15 seconds on the clock. Who was the patron saint of Cook's or is the patron saint of Cook's? Dave says it's St. Sebastian of Hamburg. Or what say you, Chris and family?
11: Uh... We think Dave is wrong because we've never heard of Saint Sebastian of Hamburg. Oh. Um, I know there is uh, at least one really famous Saint Sebastian, but he is not from Germany. So um, we're going to say
3: incorrect. You're going to say that he's incorrect. Oh, Can you hurts. believe that they don't trust it you? Hurts. Yeah, survey my, my. says. That is correct. <laughs> it is correct that he is incorrect. Uh, what is the yeah. correct answer? Uh,
4: St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence. Yeah, St. Lawrence. I wow. yeah. remember he, oh, yeah, fam- he was a deacon, right? Uh, I think he famously said, I think this side is done. Why don't you flip me over? Yep. I mean, and when you have a sense so, of humor yeah. as you're being grilled, I mean, that's pretty holy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Imagine being yeah. Uh, put over a grid iron, grid iron. And then they're like, hmm, I've suffered enough on this side. I can you flip me over? I would, I'd like to <laughs> suffer some more.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Well, praise be to God. Now, I've got to tell you. I've got to warn you. This next question. Yeah might be the hardest question we've ever had
4: on the history of Catholic drive time. Adrian, you've said that every day this week on the third question. There's no way. I'm beginning to think that you just say that every time on the third no question. I have no idea what you mean. I have okay. no yeah, idea. Maybe I'm mean. wrong. I,
3: I think you're making that up. I don't, I, <laughs> okay. I, I go, I, we're going to have to go check the records. I don't think I've ever said that before in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> all right. This third question, are you ready? I know you have a bunch of theologians in the car, so I'm sure you are going to be able to get this right. Are you ready, Chris? We are ready, yes. All right, let's jump into it. The question on the board, Dave. What are
4: the marks of the church? What are the marks of the church? Yes, not the markers of the church. Okay. The marks. Uh, We're good. The, I'll the, win. Yeah, the marks of the church would be like the wounds of Christ, mm. you know, that where he was pierced when uh, he... That makes sense. Uh, when he was uh, crucified, those, those marks on his body, those are the marks of the church.
3: Final oh, answer. Oh, that... That makes sense. I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, you know, I, I'm hip That's and cool. I, I'm I am, as the kids say, with it. Yeah. Um, so uh,
4: don't give yourself that much credit. But <laughs> well, praise to God, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. Yeah. You know, I, I you know. I listened to this segment driving my 14 year old daughter to school, and so when you say that, I was like, "Is he?" Yeah. You know, she's and like, so. no,
3: no. It's
4: like, "No." No. Dad, I, I want to be
3: nice, but he's not with it.
4: He's he he. he
3: he ain't with it. <laughs>
4: he ain't with it. Um, no.
3: There you go, folks. There you go. All right, Chris and kids. Um, the question on the board is, um, is Adrian cool? No, sorry. That's not the question. The question on the board is, what are the four marks? Oh, what did I, darn, I just gave away part of the answer. What are the marks of the church? And Dave Palmer says, it's the wounds of Christ. Uh, what say you, Chris and kids?
11: Well, the other two theologians just got out of the car and went to school, but oh. I think I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own. Uh, in actuality, they are one Holy Catholic and Apostolic. So Dave is
3: wrong. Oh
9: man!
4: Oh man! He I've just, really taken a fall, haven't
3: he just, I? He just called you out there like yeah, he just like yeah. no no mercy try, whatsoever. Though. Two in a, good a row. Good try. Dave. Oh, now yeah. he's trying to he trying to he trying to <laughs> adjust. Now he's like, oh, you, you, did, you at least get a good try though. Uh, well, we're, let's find out. Survey says. Let's see. Praise be to God. You are correct. And we're going to do the drawing right now. So hopefully um, this works out. Am I going to be able to do this drawing without causing any problems? Uh, Probably not. But the winner is Cynthia. Praise be to God, Cynthia. I'm so sorry, Chris. He was not drawn out. But don't worry. Y'all call back in the future, and I know that'll happen next time. God bless you. God love you. And we're going to go to the after show. If you want to join us, we're talking culture war and all sorts of other things. Hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter. Look us up, Catholic Drive Time. If not, we'll see you back Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. I'll be back in Houston. So back in the home office, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you. God love you. And remember...
10: Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt Community. For more information, visit Salt.net or Our Lady of Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Louis, King of France, and St. Joseph Colasans. We offer this holy sacrifice to the Mass for all of our online viewers and all those listening to Guadalupe Radio Network.
11: Come thou, Almighty King help us thy name to sing help us to praise father all-glorious or all-victorious come and reign over us ancient of days come thou incarnate word bird on thy mighty sword our prayer attend come thy people bless and give thy word success establish thy righteousness Savior and friend in the name
10: of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all
11: and with your spirit
10: Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess
7: to to Almighty Almighty God God
10: and and to you, you, my brothers brothers and sisters, that that I I have greatly sinned, in my thoughts and in my words, in what what I have done, done, in what what I I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my 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 most grievous fault. fault. Therefore Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints. And, and you, you my, my brothers, brothers and sisters, to, to pray, pray for me, me to the Lord our, Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life.
7: Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie <speaking> eleison, Christe <Hebrew> eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Let us pray. O God, who brought St. Louis from the caress of earthly rule to the glory of a heavenly realm, grant, we pray, through his intercession, that by fulfilling our duties on earth, we may seek out your eternal kingdom through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
9: A reading from the beginning of the book of Ruth Once in the time of the judges There was a famine in the land So a man from Bethlehem of Judah Departed with his wife and two sons To reside on the plateau of Moab Emilech, the husband of Naomi, died And she was left with her two sons Who married Moabite women one named Orpha and the other Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Molan and Chilion died also, and the woman was left with neither her two sons nor her husband. She then made ready to go back from the plateau of Moab because word reached her there that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth stayed with her. Naomi said, See now, Your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her God. Go back after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not ask me to abandon or forsake you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Thus it was that Naomi returned with the Moabite daughter-in-law, Ruth, who accompanied her back from the plateau of Moab, They arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. The word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise Praise the Lord, Lord, my my soul. soul. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Praise Praise the Lord, my soul. soul. The Lord keeps faith forever, secures justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, the Lord sets captives free. Praise Praise the Lord, my soul. The Lord gives sight to the blind, the Lord raises up those who were bowed down. The Lord loves the just, the Lord protects strangers. Praise Praise the Lord, my soul. The fatherless and the widow he sustains, but the way of the wicked he thwarts. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, through all generations. Alleluia. Praise Praise the Lord, my soul.
7: Alleluia,
11: alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Hallelujah, Hallelujah.
7: Teach me your path, my God, guide me in your truth. Hallelujah,
11: Hallelujah, Hallelujah. The Lord be with you
10: and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they were gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind this is the greatest and the first commandment the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself the whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ in the past week i'm packing up my things Uh, tomorrow this time tomorrow i'll be heading out for next six months on sabbatical and this is my last uh, radio mass and uh, one thing about packing up is this spirit of detachment every single one of us who is baptized is called to live the evangelical counsel or spirit of poverty, chastity and obedience according to our state in life that's everyone we all need to be detached from things have a fundamental detachment from persons and a fundamental detachment from our own will. If you don't, you can't really be free to love. And the greatest commandment is get stuck in other things and it spills over into lesser goods. And so constantly a matter of packing light, I'm carrying everything in a little tiny uh, carry-on backpack for six months. And it's kind of exciting, it's kind of liberating to say, what don't I need to carry? What, I've, what do I really, really, really need to carry on this journey? And the same is true for relationships. In the first reading, here we have Ruth uh, forsaking her family bond and going for a bond of love. Jesus many times in the gospel tells us that the gospel has prominence even over your family relationships. He even says, if, unless you hate your father and mother, you cannot follow me. Unless you hate your very self, you cannot follow me. And, and, and he even says in another point, do you think I came to reconcile? I came to divide. And he said, father from son, mother from daughter. Well, why would God be interested in detaching us from our family unless, especially if particular family relationships were toxic or anti-gospel they, they were very gravely impeding us to be loved if, if your family relationships are very painful and toxic and abusive you have to separate a, a good friend would tell you please stay away from your brother or whoever is that one who is hurting you but more importantly to be attached to God and to his holy will this means that you have to have a fundamental detachment or that spirit evangelical spirit of chastity now if you get those two right the third one is the biggest it's the doozy it's the the hardest to be detached from your own opinion to be detached from your own desires your own wants your own way this is the hardest one of the that's evangelical spirit of obedience and this if you're really following god and you're really living an interior life God will invite you, the Holy Spirit will invite you many, many times every day to be detached from yourself by loving your neighbor. There'll be a a thousand ways for you to be detached from what you want. And thanks be to God when our own will is frustrated, when our own will is not carried out, because the, the main problem is that God's will is not in me. It's not in you. It's in God. And so... If you're attached to yourself, you have to go outside of yourself. it means outside of your imagination what your plan is. you have to let go of your own plan, your own way, and truly be detached from that so you can transcend yourself, go outside of yourself and go into God and he's God is in his goodness he's going to provide you many times every day to do that a fundamental a, a beautiful shortcut is a relationship, a real relationship with Mother Mary. The Immaculate Virgin Mary, uh, having a real relationship with her, gives you that extra nitro in the speed car, that extra, uh, you know, booster shot, that extra kind of like thing that pushes you beyond everything that you need to go and, and, and have that detachment. And that comes from consecration when we talk about being consecrated or set aside for a holy purpose to Jesus through Mary, many religious institutes follow this, and it's, a, it's an excellent practice to grow in love in a very short, safe, sure path. And having this this consecration means you're radically configured to do everything to through within for by Jesus by doing everything through within for and by Mary. May the prayers of the Immaculate Virgin Mary, King St. Louis, and St. Joseph Colossans help us to do this with joy and with rejoicing. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth with the holiness of Jesus Christ. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders, that they may not obstruct Christ. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord.
11: Lord, hear our prayer.
10: We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, that we may serve Jesus in his disguise of human misery. For this, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of our beloved dead. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make these and all our petitions, in the holy name of Jesus Christ, and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary, as we pray. Hail Mary, Mary, full of of grace, grace, the Lord Lord is is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, women, and and blessed blessed is the fruit fruit of thy womb, womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother mother of God, God, pray pray for us sinners, now now and at at the the hour hour of our our death. death. Amen.
11: O worship the King, all-glorious above, O gratefully sing His power and His love, Our shield and defender, the Ancient of Days, Pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. O tell of His might, O sing of His grace, Whose robe is the light, whose canopy space, his chariots of wrath the deep thunder-clouds form, and dark is his path on the wings of the storm. The earth with its store of wonders untold, almighty thy power hath founded of old hath established it fast by a changeless decree, and round it has cast like a mantle the sea. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church.
10: Through the present oblation, O Lord, which we offer in commemoration of King St. Louis, bestow on your faithful, we pray, the gifts of unity and peace through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you are praised in the company of your saints, and in crowning their merits you crown your own gifts. By their way of life you offer us an example. By communion with them you give us companionship. By their intercession, sure support. So that encouraged by so great a cloud of witnesses, we may run as victors in the race before us, and win with them the imperishable crown of glory, through Christ our Lord. And so with the angels and archangels, with a great multitude of the saints, we sing the hymn of your praise as without end we acclaim
7: holy. <coughs> Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus,
4: Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabao,
7: Pleni terra, Gloria tua. O in Excelsis, Benedictus, we in Domine, Domini, in
10: you are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed,
7: for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Preceptis salutari bus moniti, et devini institutioni formati, audemus dicere. Pater noster qui es in celis, sanctificetum nomen adveni ad regnum tuum, Piat voluntas tuha, secut in chago ho et in panam nostrum quotidianum, tedianum, nobis ho Et at a nobis tabeta nostra, secut at nostimitimus, tabetoribus nostris, Et ne nos inducas in tatio
10: Look not on our sins but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Anjus hei
7: all this mundi misere nobis we told this tamundi, Miserere nobis our new stay We trow this Dona nobis pacem Behold
10: the lamb of God Behold him who takes away the sins of the world Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I am, am not worthy you should enter, enter on my roof, but, but only say the word, word my soul, soul shall be. Happy. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you besides, says the Lord.
11: For those unable to receive communion, for those joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, Adorate devoted latens deitas, que subis figuris fere latitas, tibis se cum totum subjicit. QUI te con te emplans Visus tactus CUSTUS sin te falitu. Set outi tu soho creditu. Credo quid quid dixi Dei filius, nil hoc verbo veritatis verius. In cruce la tebat sola Deita, Ad hig latet et humanitas. Ambotam en credens atque confitens. Peto quod peti hi vit Lagasi gutto non in tu eo. Deum tamen meheum te confiteo. Bac me tihi bisahem per magis credere. In te spema Amen.
7: Let us pray. May the sacrament we have received, O Lord, in commemoration of Saint Louis King of France sanctify our minds and hearts that we may merit to be made chairs in the divine nature. Through Christ our Lord.
11: Amen.
10: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ.
11: Thanks be to God. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things have done, in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love, and still is ours today. Oh, may this gracious God through all our life be near us. If ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us. Preserve us in his grace and guide us in distress and free us from all sin till heaven we possess. as as
6: From every thought of suicide and abortion, we
2: implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord.
6: From every form of sinful sexuality, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord.
5: transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network,
1: radio for your soul.
6: Hi, I'm Karen from St. Justin Martyr Parish, A-Leaf. You're listening to AM 1430, KSHJ, Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.